Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Easier said than done, this talk show business, but we spring into action trying not to screw it up. They're at uh, minus one day and counting without a mistake here in the studio. <laughs> Has a, they, they made two mistakes Polly in one hour. Paulie hasn't made it two consecutive minutes without a mistake. But away we press. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking sports with you today. It is a Thursday leading into the Georgetown matchup. That gets the juices flowing for people. You can call us at 315-437-7644. That's 315-4ESPN44. Tomorrow on the show we'll have Dan Schulman. He's got the call of the game along with LaFonso Ellis. On uh, Saturday, Syracuse and G-Town at 3.30. Talked yesterday with uh, Brett Wallace from the Athletics Department about a concert before the game. Ruben Boomche Boomche is performing in the uh, northeast corner of the Dome. It's a special uh, 90s-era Georgetown-themed cover band called Ruben Boomche Boomche. And uh, good times to be had by all. Today on the show, we'll visit with Mike Waters talking Syracuse basketball. And we have a pair of tickets to give away to the uh, Georgetown game. We'll do pick six later in the show today. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. Get some categories uh, riffing here. Get uh, get them pretty well uh, shaped up, but we need to uh, kind of finalize one more here. I have a music category. Yeah, I don't know if I like that one. I did it. And I didn't think I could do it. Yeah, I don't like that one. All right. Not ruling it out, but I, I don't like it. And... Uh, We'll discuss. We could do, you know, six adjectives and they wouldn't get it right. Well, so. the, we have to point out that the uh, previous performance on the show of the uh, valued listening audience has not been strong. And, and that is, uh, to put it kindly, infamously, the last show, it took us half an hour to find a caller that could name six Beatles songs. So uh, the bar has been set especially low. But I also feel like... Georgetown tickets might be the best thing we've given away on the show so far. The NC State football game, that was the last time. That was a pretty big game and, and a good ticket, too. Um, you're going to have to bring it, all right, people? We're going to play it straight up, pick six. We'll tell you about it later in the show, but get ready to call us for your chance to win two uh, Ducats uh, on the show. Patrick Ewing and company coming into the Dome. That adds uh, a lot to it, I think. It's uh you know, Georgetown was here just two years ago. It's been since 2012 that Syracuse has beaten Georgetown in the Dome. Not that they've been in there all that uh, regularly in that time period. Who has it that has the uh, bejeweled water bottle here? Da- Daniel oh, no. Baldwin. Oh, really? That looks like a Seth thing. What? Why is that necessary? Is it bedazzled? Yes, that would if you in. Okay, excellent. He, I would put Seth as somebody more likely to have a bedazzled water bottle, although it is named for a luxury car brand. Good for him. Uh, overtime win for the Orange last year on the road. Tyus Battle, a big game. Georgetown's best player is their big man. Uh, those are some of the things that uh, play into this one today uh, on uh, Saturday, Syracuse and Georgetown. Donna Detona did a nice job 
in the uh, Syracuse.com story, and we'll uh, maybe touch base um, on that with our colleague Mike Waters, who's coming up here in a bit, about the statistical mining that demonstrates one of the things we've talked about. The offense isn't as bad, maybe, as it looks. And it looked great the other night, I thought, against Northeastern. Did they light it up for 90 points? No, you're not going to do that when you're not getting transition baskets and you're playing zone against a team playing zone. You just spend so much more time. 15 seconds of every possession just melts right off the clock. You're not going to have the number of possessions that it takes to score 90 points. Syracuse's offensive metrics are actually okay. You know, are the centers offensively gifted? Are they Akeem Olajuwon or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Heck no. It's just it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen this year. It's it's not going to happen with this personnel. It's not like all of a sudden those guys are going to be great back-to-the-basket stars and you're going to throw the ball into them. No, they're going to get their stuff around the rim. They're going to have to perform better when they go to the free-throw line and get something out of that. They're going to get lob, you know, lobs and cleanup. That that's it. That's the offense that Pascal Chuku and Barama Sidibe typically are going to provide for you. Can they get drop offs by the drivers? Yes, they can. You know, so there's something there to get them going. But they scored 72 points in a game where Frank Howard and Tyus Battle combined for four. Uh, to me, while you know, again, not spectacular, uh, start the parade type stuff. They're just they're fine. They're not where they need to be, you know, to win games against quality competition, but uh, a ways to go. Coach Beheim probably sets the tone for. He always sets the tone for what a lot of people uh, think about the team, and uh, he would be the first to point out that the Orange are a work in progress with a ways to go. If Frank was where we know he can be, we'd be a whole different team. We would. This game would have never been close. I mean, not, none of these games would have been close. You know, he he made every shot this summer. He was phenomenal in the fall, right up until he got hurt. Uh, so we we've got to overcome that. And Elijah fitting him in, you know, getting everybody else in there. It's we got a lot of work to do, and uh, we're a long ways from where we would be at this time. Like to be at this time, we're a long ways away. You always want to get better anyway, but we're a long ways from where we would want to be right now. And there's time to make up for that. Now, Buffalo right, lies on the horizon here. That's a really good Buffalo team that maybe thought they could sleepwalk through the LeMoyne game last night. They ended up blasting the LeMoyne in the second half, but uh, LeMoyne was in that game for a while. Buffalo's first game coming back after winning that tournament in Belfast. And they're still undefeated and will come into the Carrier Dome or should come in the, the Dome undefeated if they can survive St. Bonaventure. Uh, so... Buffalo is the best team remaining on Syracuse's non-conference schedule, but I'm looking forward to that one already. I'd, I'd like to see Syracuse against a, a team that doesn't have that type of uh, pedigree but has good players, was in a close game here last year, brings back a lot. Uh, that one might be the best uh, non-conference game. This one certainly has the um, the build-up to it because it's – Georgetown, and we'll get into that with uh, Mike Waters and whether that series will continue as uh, we roll along on the show. Tyus Battle will bounce back in this one. He uh, went for big numbers last year in the game against uh, Georgetown, and he doesn't typically go back-to-back games being held quiet. He had just uh, two points, made only one field goal 
in the win over Northeastern here on Tuesday night. Tyus has carried us really, uh, uh, you know, the last three games. He's been tremendous. He's been the best, uh, best, one of the best three-game stretches he's had, shooting percentages and making plays for us um, in key spots. Cornell, he's, he always makes that shot when you need it. He made the two shots at Ohio State at the end of the game, and then he made the real key shot against Cornell to get the lead back, and then a one to put the game away. He makes those shots. But, you know, he, tonight he, just, he just didn't really have a good rhythm against that zone. And, uh, you know, that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, when people say, well, do you practice against the zone? It doesn't really work quite that way uh, in terms of because Syracuse plays zone, they should be good against zone. Oftentimes it works the opposite. Um uh, but against zones, you need to make shots. It's one of the reasons the Syracuse zone has been as effective as it has been over the years. Northeastern's a great example. We talked about it uh, briefly on yesterday's show. Northeastern came out and made a couple of shots early. They made uh, four of their first seven three-pointers. From there, they were two for 21. And that's the calculated risk that you're taking by playing zone. Those are the numbers you're playing on your favor. Uh, in your favor, and uh, that's why uh, this defense has played uh, the way it is and uh, the impact that it can make. O'Shea Brissett coming off a uh, double-double in that game and a guy that really is going to have a matchup advantage against virtually every team that Syracuse plays this year. Well, he was really good in there. Against his own, it's, there's no blockout guys, so you're, you know he's good inside and he gets he gets position and gets up quick and gets it. Um, you know we've got to do more of that with our big guys. O'Shea Brissett's opposite number in this game would be Trey Morning, Alonzo Morning's son who plays for Georgetown. Last year didn't play at all, and the previous year played two minutes a game. This year he's showing what he's got. He started every game. He's averaging nine points and six rebounds for a Georgetown team that is seven and one against uh, not terribly impressive competition, maybe not quite as bad as their uh, schedule was last year. But uh, Georgetown will come in with a handful of decent players. Syracuse uh, is and should be favored in this game and uh, figures to get to uh, its next win and 7-2 and two on the year with then a little bit of breathing room. Yesterday was a day off. They're back to practice today. They'll practice tomorrow. Game Saturday, 3.30, and then... Uh, as finals and that type of thing hits here on campus, there's no game until the following Saturday when Old Dominion comes to the Carrier Dome. Get a break out of the way here. Visit with Mike Waters, the uh, Syracuse basketball beat writer for Syracuse.com. Go through some of these themes with him. Then we'll play pick six, give away tickets to uh, the Syracuse-Georgetown game. We'll do that around 2.40 today. So get ready to uh, chime in and uh, we'll test your general knowledge We'd like to think you don't have to have a ton of knowledge to be competitive in this, so do not be scared away. We'll give away tickets to the Orange and Hoyas in the Dome Saturday when we continue. You're in the booth, brought to you by CH Insurance from ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth, presented by CH Insurance, in your corner. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the booth on this Thursday afternoon at 2.15. That means Mike Waters from Syracuse.com, our regular and uh, highly esteemed Thursday guest, Syracuse uh, basketball beat writer 
And uh, Mike, good to have you on with us as uh, we talk ball and head into the Georgetown game, which uh, still, for those of us that are old farts, has some special punch to it. Count me then as an old fart because the Georgetown-Syracuse rivalry to me is, you know, at one time was one of the best in college basketball, and obviously it's not the same anymore with Syracuse now in the ACC, and they're in two different conferences, and they don't see each other three times a year like they did four years in a row in the mid-'80s. You know, and they don't, obviously, not even two times a year anymore. But uh, hopefully it is a rivalry that can continue because there are some rivalries that don't involve teams from the same league. And they might have more proximity than Syracuse-Georgetown. And I'm thinking of rivalries like Cincinnati-Xavier and Louisville-Kentucky. But I still think with its history and tradition, there's no reason why Syracuse-Georgetown can't continue to be a, uh, a, if if not a full-blown rivalry, uh, how about a hotly contested game every year? Right, and the every year part of it, I guess, is the the part that would be up for question. The What's happening here with the growth of the ACC and some other conferences, the Big Ten is doing it as well, these conferences that are in part uh, – that have net their own networks, they are building out the conference schedule to create more television inventory, et cetera. So that locks you in. Same thing's happening in football with conferences that are going from eight to nine games. It locks you in. Um, then it comes down to how much you value it, right? Because, sure, you could right now arrange to have a Georgetown game every year, but then there's less variety from year to year. When Coach Beheim makes an argument for why this would be a loss he says well that you know if you do that then you're not playing you know Villanova or St. John's ever exactly uh you know some schools are are, are going to find a way to to keep these games uh, this type of game going uh you know will Duke you know continue to play in the Champions Classic every year or will they cede their position in that annual event to someone like a North Carolina or Virginia or Syracuse um you know if if a bunch of ACC schools went to John Swafford and said, listen, you've taken us to 20 games. It's eating into our non-conference. We have special games we want to play. We want to get out of the Big Ten Challenge. You know, would the league consider that? But, um, you know, with 20 league games, throw in the Big Ten Challenge, that puts you at 21. If you in, if, Unless you're playing in one of those early season tournaments, I think there's still room on your schedule for a couple more games against power teams. I was going to say power five, but sure. Big East isn't considered power five. And yet the teams in that league are obviously really good teams. Uh, and those are the teams that are, you know, those are the ones Syracuse wants to schedule or Syracuse fans want Syracuse to schedule. Uh, I just think there's just some, I think there's still a lot of value in, in, in Syracuse playing Georgetown. If, if nothing else, I think it's a recruiting thing. I, the Washington, D.C., Baltimore corridor, Syracuse has made a lot of hay there. Uh, a lot of guys have come out of that area. Um, and, I, and I think it's still an area where, where Syracuse wants to continue to go. So well, let, let's hope it continues. And, you know, I got word uh, just yesterday from, from John Wildhack that there are discussions um, going on, preliminary conversations uh, to, to get another series going. Uh, with Georgetown and Georgetown coach Patrick Ewing told me on Tuesday that he has uh, indicated to Jim Beheim that he would also like to see the series continue. Mike Waters is our guest powered by Drivers Village here every uh, Thursday around 2.15. Syracuse is always going to play in one of those preseason tournaments, early season tournaments, let's call it around Thanksgiving time, whether it's mm-hmm. Maui or Atlantis or New York. They are always always have been in those and always will be in those. And 
they should be. That's what power programs do. It's how they uh, get matched up against one another. It's how you play games at Madison Square Garden. And so it does uh, make your schedule maybe a little bit more rigid. But but I'm with you. There's a handful of games to play with here. Uh, I don't know that Georgetown needs to be an every year thing, but it still is special. It's not quite as special as when it was always for the conference championship and, and you could maybe run into uh, an opponent like that three times a season. But uh, it it makes sense. It has some viability, and I can uh, absolutely see it continuing on uh, on both sides for the reasons that you laid out. So, uh, Patrick Ewing as a coach, what do we make of that with uh, really a small sample size at this point, Mike? I've seen them play um, you know, a couple times this year. I saw them play a lot last year. And, and last year, it was kind of like, you know, oh, he's putting in his system. Um, I think he inherited a lot of guys, uh, and it, it looked chaotic, to be honest. Uh, he had young guys. I, I think he, he didn't have his stuff in yet. They, they weren't buying into what he wanted him to do. I think he had a few guys that just had no idea what to do down the stretch. They lost a lot of close games. Uh, they gave up a lot of leads late. The Syracuse game last year was a prime example. In fact, that might have been the game that, was a precursor to the rest of their season and how it was going to go. And they blew a huge lead uh, to Syracuse down there in Washington, D.C. and wound up losing in overtime. Uh, they lost a lot of games like that. There was a game I distinctly remember watching them blow a lead late at Butler. Um, but this year, they, they're closing out a little better. They're winning some close games. Um, I like the play of his young backcourt. Uh, he's got a couple freshmen uh, that play a lot. Uh, and, and these kids seem to have a better understanding of what he wants them to do. And, you know, granted, it's not like they've played um, a, an incredible schedule so far, but they did take a road trip to Illinois. And, and granted, Illinois is going to be in the bottom half of the Big Ten, but it's still a road trip to a Power 5 school. And, and they came away with a win. Uh, they beat a South Florida team on a neutral floor. Um, so, you know, I, I think any – grand uh, proclamations about Patrick Ewing as, as a coach might still be a little premature, uh, you know, only in his second season. And I think his first season was kind of a, you know, there was a whole bunch of changes going on down there. No, I agree with that. And, and when you see a coaching change happen, and I don't think uh, it's too far flung to say, you know, Dino Babers here at Syracuse or whatever, you start to see a turnover in the roster and younger people playing in, in key roles. That's because they're recruiting better and they're putting in people that, you know, football, I think it's more to the point of matching the system and, and that type of thing. But w- right now, as you point out, Mike, they're starting two freshman guards. They bring another one off the bench for 20 minutes a game. So uh-huh. uh, that's how you overhaul things and has changed. You know, a guy like Trey Morning, who now finally is playing as a grad student, hardly has played in his career. So that's somebody that, you know, he's got a connection with clearly to give the benefit of the doubt, but uh, give him some time to matchup wise. This is a Georgetown team. And I don't think there's going to be a ton on the schedule. We talk about the Syracuse centers and their production or lack thereof uh, their defense or lack thereof. There aren't a lot of great centers and, and threats out there, but this is the second team that Syracuse has faced this year where you could argue their best player is their big man. And uh, Oregon's Bull Bull is an All-American and a, a first-round pick. Jesse Govan is uh, back at it uh, for Georgetown this year, Mike, after having a, a big game against the Orange last year in D.C. He's had a, a great start to the season. Yeah, and you mentioned Bull Bull. Jesse Govan is so different than Bull Bull. Oh, I know. First of all, Jesse is a senior. He's been around the college game for four years. He's also a guy who's very comfortable with his back to the basket. He goes 255 pounds. 
approximately 200 more than Bol Bol. Um, right. So, you know, he can go down low and establish position. But you know what? He's also developed a really good face-up game. He he can step away from the basket and make a three. He's 10 of 21. That's yep. nearly 50% from three-point range. Now, with your six foot ten, two 255-pound guy who does have a good low post game, I don't think you want him straying out there too often. But when he does, Syracuse is going to have to be aware of him or else he'll make him pay. I I see where you're going with this. This is a huge game for Pascal Chukwu and Barama Sidibe. They're going to have to play really solid defense uh, in the middle of that zone. And Govan's going to get the ball. Yeah, no Chukwu, question about it. You know, he's, he's going to get the ball. So what you have to do is just maintain really good position, stay between him and the basket, and just wall up. That's, that's the phrase Mike Hopkins uses. It's the phrase Alan Griffin uses when he's talking about the defense of the big men. Walling up, just getting up against the guy and putting your hands high in the air and making him shoot over you. And it's amazing how even a big guy's shooting percentage will decrease when he has to shoot over a seven foot two guy with his arms up to the ceiling. Yeah. Am I wrong to say, Mike, that it's almost like they're catchers? I, between the, the two players that you mentioned, Pascal Chuku and Barama Sadibi, I think people are critical of saying, well, look, they they don't do enough on the offensive end. I don't need it. There's, there's four or five other guys that ought to be able to score. If they got six points a game but played solid defense, that's enough for me. Yeah, I mean, in hockey, you don't call on your goalie to score very often, and yet they're still vital to the team. Um, it's not quite the same thing in basketball, sure. obviously. you got five guys, and you have to go to the other end of the court. Um, and, and, you know, Pascal and Barama obviously could be better offensive players, and we'll see how they develop and as they move on. But the, their, their importance to this Syracuse team is on the defensive end. You know, they have to play great defense in the middle. And, you know, to be honest, both of them have struggled a little bit early on this season. So this is a huge game for them on Saturday because they are going up against a guy who can change the course of the game in Jesse Govan. Georgetown has a guy sitting out this year that's a familiar name that will be a similar player, I think, next year, although he's not as heavy as uh, Govan, and that's Omar Yurtsevin, the the former one-time Syracuse recruit that went to NC State and – Talk about a big man that can step out. So it looks like that's something that uh, Patrick Ewing uh, favors and has some interest in going forward. If you're a big man, right, <laughs> like an Omer Yurtsevin, why wouldn't you go to a place like Georgetown and have Patrick Ewing as your head coach? And let's give a nod to Lewis Orr, mm-hmm. you know, who's an assistant down there. I mean, you're going to get you know tutelage from a couple of guys who've you know done exactly what they're telling you to do. Um, and you know, and even if they can't. You know, I, I often defend the work of the Syracuse assistant coaches who are college guards who work with the big man. I think they do a fine job coaching big men. But still, I think there is something to be said for a, a, a coach who can look you in the eye when you happen to be six foot ten. No question. I'm with you on the same thing. I, I don't think the Syracuse bigs have been undercoached, as has been the, the supposition here. You know, the, oh, Mike Hopkins couldn't do it or uh, – Griffin can't give me a break, but I do think there's a certain advertising that goes with Patrick Ewing and some credibility and some connections that he can make in the pros for you and and those types of things and and uh, I can absolutely see that appeal in terms of how Georgetown brands and, and builds its program. So, Michael, we thank you and uh, we'll see you for that early concert series in the backcourt at the Dome tomorrow. Okay, not not tomorrow, Saturday. Are you sitting in with the band on bass or? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a. I'm calling it uh, Ruben Boomche Boomche. I was thinking there's a if it's a '90s cover band and we could name it after, you know, Georgetown players. 
for that matter, Syracuse players, but I thought that would be a good name for a 90s cover band that's playing at the yeah, George yeah, Sunday. Yeah. yeah, that was Polly uh, threw that one out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I'm thinking like Paul. Yeah, that's a, that's a real shame. Bubakar Al on bass. <laughs> that would be fantastic yes alright take care uh, Michael we will see you in the dome uh, Saturday afternoon if not before okay okay Matt thank you Mike Waters driven by Drivers Village on the program every Thursday at uh, 2.15 more to come as we roll along in the booth about 10 minutes away your chance to win tickets to the Georgetown game in pick 6 on ESPN Radio do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. All right, Matt. MLB Commissioner Rob Manford is no fan of defensive shifts, and now he might be able to do something about it. The Baseball Competition Committee last month gave Manford strong backing to try and put something in place that limits shifts, according to The Athletic. Yeah, our friend Jason Stark wrote about that yesterday. I would love to see shifts go away. I just, it feels odd to me to legislate it. I think it'd be hard to, you know, I suppose you make the rule, you have to have two players on either side of second base. You have to have all the infielders with their feet in the dirt. I guess that's one way you can do it. There still will be, there'll be something else. There'll be another gimmick or Is there a penalty? A, a cycle. You, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't like know. You, illegal yeah. defense? You've had I don't know. It's a, it's a ball if you pitch. If you throw a pitch with people out of position, it's a ball. Or a walk. Uh, that would be even Yeah, more. something like that. I mean, shifts take the fun out of it for me. Um, you know, a hard hit ball. Hard hit ball in the hole, that should be a hit. It's It's been a hit for 100 years uh, up until recently, the proliferation of the shifts. But it feels odd to call it illegal. Um, I don't know. Be a good one to ask uh, Coach Beheim tonight on his show. We'll- We'll re- remember that. All right, I'll be sure to take notes. This is a fascinating one to me. I did around officials have cleared a four-time champion of any wrongdoing in a dog doping scandal that uh, followed the sled dog racings for the past year. Four of his dogs tested positive for painkillers, a banned substance, uh, but they were saying that the the actual jockey, is that what they're called? No, was I don't not, think so. Was not responsible for What are they the called, drugging. the mush... Uh, the mushers, uh, ca- captain, driver. Um, so who? What was? The, how did he get out of it? Uh, there, he was not responsible for the doping of the dogs. Mm. Is basically how you know I that's read. a really obvious. There's cheating in every sport, and every competition, somebody's going to find a way to get it inside edge. That's really sad. Um, you know, drugging up the dogs and and what have you. I, I have no idea. I don't know anything about this, so it's hard for me to comment on but you're a sicko if you're drugging dogs to win the Iditarod <laughs> and finally, it's hard enough to begin with right I mean it's just it's crazy what people subject themselves to and finally Jessica Alba and Mike Epps were uh, the worst reviewed actors of the last 20 years in, in movies yeah it doesn't really mean anything to me right I, Jessica Alba is a smoke show that well that's what I'm saying the top and, uh, the top 15 worst reviewed women yeah. Just total hotties. Um, you got Alba, Beal, one, two. Yeah, you got I mean, the I'm Jessica not even sandwich. To be, to be honest with you, I'm not sure if you showed me which one, if I could name which was which right now. You know, but Heather Graham, third. They're both hot. Heather Graham's hot. Yeah. Okay. Ashley Judd, um, Kate yeah. Hudson. Oh, yeah, stop. I Selma mean, Hayek. I mean, come on. 
But um, I was also just going to say, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston's down there. Um, I was just going to say, Mike Epps, if he was sitting in this next chair, I'm not positive. Yeah. Kevin Pollack was number two in the men. This is shocking. Robin Williams is fourth out of this the worst-reviewed movies of the past 20 years. Adam Sandler, I can see. John yeah. Travolta's done some stinkers in the past 20 years. Some of these people, I don't even know who they are. I, I don't know who Steven Who cares? Dorf if, is. if the... Uh, you go to the movie, you Let's enjoy it. go back to it, looking the at the worst-reviewed women. Yeah. I think they're all... Huge Jessica Biel fan. Four, I don't know. Five is not attractive. Six, seven's an all-timer. How that? Sorry. I, want to they're all, I mean, yeah, it's some of the most beautiful people on the planet. I I'm gotta a, Google down here. Radha. I'm a big, I'm a big Amanda Peet fan. She's 14. Jennifer Radha Aniston, 15. Radha Mitchell. Yeah, I don't. We, when we look that up during the break, it's not worth wasting our Hold time on, on no, today. They, okay. the, the, the audience needs to know. No, she's. I mean, she's not. I couldn't. Do Australian that. television. I could not do that good, but. She's very no, pretty. She's not, not, not somebody we she, would yeah, know. She's no Jennifer Aniston. No. But who is? Just Jen Jen. Very few out there are Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Uh, back with more as we continue your chance to uh, win tickets. We have a bonus round here. Uh, we have two pairs of tickets to give away. One to the Georgetown game on Saturday afternoon and one to the Crunch Binghamton game, which is tomorrow night. These are good-looking tickets as well, so do check that out. Back with more as we continue with Pick 6 on In the Booth from ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth, presented by CH Insurance, in your corner. In the booth, a few more minutes left in the show and time to give away some tickets. We've got a pair to the Crunch game tomorrow night and a pair to the Georgetown game at the Dome on Saturday afternoon. We're going to do it with pick six. We brought back Rick DiUlio as our guest official. Uh, last time Rick so successful, it uh, took an hour to find someone who could name six Beatles songs. Yeah, that stuck with me. This is always a treat for me. Every, I, I every can time. tell you're scarred, but we, we thought we'd bring you back in. I appreciate your uh, willingness to... To play a lot. All right, David Syracuse is up first. Phone number, by the way, is 315-437-7644. That's 4ESPN44 if you'd like to get in line. Since we have uh, two pairs of tickets, we should have at least two winners today, so we'll keep playing here uh, probably till the end of the show. You'll pick a category, one to six. We'll throw out the category. You'll get 30 seconds to name six in the category. David Syracuse, you got the rules? Yep. All right, ready to go? Give me a number, one to six. Number three. All right, number three is Georgetown Consensus All-Americans. There's seven of them. Can you name six? Patrick Ewing, uh, John Thompson, uh, both of them. Uh, no. They're coaches. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, I uh... The answer would be a good answer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, where'd you wake up this morning? What was that? I'm so sad. Good, good try. There, we we're we we're working on some hints there for you, but that's an O for there. All right, good, good attempt there, Dave. You got one. Got one. The uh, neither of the Thompsons played at Georgetown, <laughs> junior or, or the third. One played at Providence, the other at Princeton. 
but uh, they are names of people associated with Georgetown, so that's all right. Yeah. All right, Dave and Camilla, so again, if you'd like to uh, join us, 437-7644-4ESPN44 gets you on the show. Okay, uh, Dave and Camillus, what do you have? Uh, pick a number one to six, not three. Number one. Number one. Places Dino Babers coached before Syracuse. This is always a fun one, it's a, yeah. It's a golden. All right, Bowling Green, Northern Illinois, Hawaii, Baylor. It's got three. Uh, uh, Eastern Michigan. Nope. Uh, Western Michigan. Nope. Uh, Hawaii. Uh, that's, uh, or- Oregon? Nope. nope. Uh, Steel City. Uh, uh, what was that? Steel City. Oh. oh, my goodness. All right, you got three. He said He said Northern Illinois when, in fact, it was Eastern That's the best Illinois. anybody's, that's done, the best that anybody's one, yeah. done. He got hot out the gate. Yeah. Got to give Dave and Camillus props uh, for the effort because that one has been crash and burn. For most people, Chris right. in East Syracuse. All right, Chris, what do you got? We got uh, one and three are off the board. What else do you have? Uh, give me two. Two? All right, Syracuse football, bowl MVPs. Orange are going to another bowl game. Who are their bowl MVPs? you got 30 seconds on the clock. I don't know if my memory goes back that far. Uh, Donovan McNabb. One. Um, Don McPherson. Two. Uh, yeah. Another quarterback. The next one in line. Between those two guys. Between Marvin Graves. Three. All right. Um, he only did it three times himself. All right. Three. Three looks like it's the bar here so far. <laughs> Pick three. <laughs> Pick three doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Uh, but we're uh, moving along. We're keeping the stats here. Maybe we'll have to have a consolation prize. Who's next? Kevin in Syracuse. All right, Kevin. Hello. We got uh, two categories. Let's guys. see. We got a couple categories left. We got uh, f- yeah, four and five. Four or five, right? So yeah, we'll have more than that. Five. Which one? Five. Number five? All right. You can, get, you can do this one, Kevin. All right. 30 seconds on the clock for... Syracuse basketball, 2,000-point scores. The top six scores in Syracuse basketball history. Go. Carmelo Anthony. No. Johnny, Johnny Flynn. No. Ice Battle. No. We're not, uh, we're not taking this very seriously, are we? That's just not how you're going to win tickets. The leading scorer in Big East history played at Syracuse University. Yeah. In- Gary Bathamer. Oh, There's one. Carmelo Anthony. No. Carmelo is here one year. 2,000 points would be a lot in one year. <laughs> okay, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like that was uh, I didn't feel like that was like World Series effort there. He wasn't Carmelo, right the first time or the second time. Wait, that was not a 2,000 point math, effort. Somebody do the math on how much you would average a game. He did have like seven. Games. He did have um, if you like went, 700 points legitimately. If you went 30 games and averaged 2,000 points. Well, they, that points. year they went 30 and 5, so they played 35 games. So you're talking so, about Maravich numbers basically. You'd have to have like what? 400? 57. <laughs> average 57. Yeah. It's doable. All right. Come on, guys. All right. We're pick, down to one category. Right? We have three minutes left in the show. It's more important. Uh, we have one category left. Chris and Liverpool. All right, Everybody Chris, starts out like a house on they fire. They do. That's and good. Hey, sort of I got to say this. 
the starting performance. We've been faster to three for any, yes. than any other show we've done. Yeah. So good work by those folks. If three did. All right, Chris in Liverpool, you ready? Chris, yes, I'm positive you're going to win. So get ready oh, yeah. to pick whether you want to go to the Crunch or the Syracuse-Georgetown game. You ready? Yes, sir. Your category is Snow White's Seven Dwarfs. We need six of them. <laughs> 30 seconds, go, uh, Chris. Grumpy, happy. Two. Uh, shoot, this is fantastic. It's you! Come on, guys. I mean, it's you! This is classic. Uh, yeah, grumpy, happy. <laughs> not, even not even good at the, not even good at the uh, hints. Hit the sneeze button over oh, there, Polly. Shucks. Sorry, guys. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry for you. We would have even accepted Polly on that. I, that would have been an acceptable answer. I give up. Uh, you didn't. You didn't take the. Well, I guess we, we still have to recycle all these, so we shouldn't be giving away too many of the answers. We do have one more category if someone wants to call quickly. I'll yes. run the show a little late. We did have one more category. That's right, so. that we skipped. All right, one more. Three, one, Four, five. ESPN 44. We have. I mean, these are good tickets. Georgetown. When are we giving away Georgetown If someone tickets? gets this one, we'll give them both sets. Yeah, they can then they, Friday, can, they Saturday, can be the most popular party. person in their neighborhood. So this is a. It's kind of like a daily double. This, the, 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 the dwarves? Which one, yeah, which one is least? All right, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. This one's for all the marbles. I can't believe this the person. Dwarves. I'm confident is going to win both. This is it, Paulie. You got the category here. I do. If this I, one is a little Tommy, bit more we challenging. Just need a name here, I think, yeah, me. just one name there, Tommy, because this person's uh, about right. to win. That's da- right, another Dave. Da- it could be the same. It's Dave. a day of the Daves. If this Dave. is the original Dave in Syracuse, I it's not care. like he. It's not like he lit it up at there anyway. <laughs> all right, last category for all the marbles. This is from IMDb's list. Of the top 25 basketball movies of all time. Dave in Syracuse, 30 seconds to glory. Go. Andy, the Hoosiers, Space One. Jam. Two. Um, oh, gosh. Space Jam. Uh, dreams! <laughs> dreams! Dreams. Does it, can they hear us when they're on the air? For or? the love of and. <laughs> God. Love of God. No, <laughs> no, no. Maybe for the love of. So you don't have. Top basketball. He got. Uh, you got. White men can't. <laughs> Yay! Do we have anybody get better than three? Yeah, the basketball. There is one diaries. more person on the air. Don't we have a station to run uh, here? Yeah, I'll go long. I'll go long. I could do an hour. I could do hours. <laughs> we got to find one person. <laughs> all right. And he's heard all the topics. So yeah, pick no... any topic. One to six. Go ahead. Who's the next? It's Kevin. Do we Snow White. Have? Kevin, Snow White. What? Oh, you're going to rattle off the Snow White? You're calling for your... <laughs> yeah. All right. Kevin's ready. All right, here we go, Kevin. This is embarrassing that this is what it takes. <laughs> I'm starting the clock now. Seven dwarfs. Kevin, go. Easy, happy, dopey, happy, doc, Four. grumpy. Five. Uh, this is tough. This one's tough. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Oh, uh, bashful. Oh, with the hint from Rick. <laughs> yes. A celebrity on. hint. <laughs> Works. God bless America. Kevin, you're going to both the Crunchy and the Georgia The Disney Dogs. characters. <laughs> Kevin's I, going to Disney World. I had to, Matt. I felt I bad. Know, I had I know. to. All right, I don't even know if that was a tremendous hint. So it wasn't. I, I will give Kevin credit for piecing that together. It's the... Uh, I mean, they knew it. He, he went to a double yeah. before he got. He, he doubled up on happy. Yeah. All yeah. you had to do was have your phone open to the dwarf. Yeah, that one's that pretty point. easy. Yeah. 
But it's it's the holiday season, and I felt charitable. That's so. very good. Of you. We appreciate it, Rick. Yeah. So congratulations to Kevin. Thank you to all of our contestants. Can't wait to do it again. Kevin is going to both the Crunch game and the Georgetown game. So am I, Kevin. We'll see you there.